It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day as we, uh, well, we roll straight in to the month of June. And I think things are getting somewhat more back to normal here across the United States. Of course, one year ago, when the tour came back from the hiatus with COVID, this was one of the venues that they went to first. In fact, they were there back-to-back weeks. Mirrorfield Village, you may recall, Workday stepped in. They were the first go. Colin Morikawa won it in a exciting playoff, I can remember, with Justin Thomas. I was so excited just to watch golf, and then we were treated to that. And then the following week, we came back and played the Memorial, and it was tough conditions because they let it go. They had to tear it up right after John Rahm blew the field away. Remember, he had an eight-shot lead going in to the final day, and we're back at Mirrorfield one year later. We have a terrific field. And this guy sitting next to me, you probably know him from CBS Sports, and he, he writes a lot about the NFL, but he's a big golf guy too. So I sent him a note. I said, hey, Will, why don't you come on and talk golf? We've got a great field. Let's break it down on the matchup. Will Brinson joins me here from North Carolina. Thanks, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm pumped up about this. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I went, if this is, we're recording this on Memorial Day on Sunday evening, I went to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes-Tampa Bay Lightning playoff game. First live sporting event in like 18 months. I mean, what a freaking rush. 16,000 people uh, cheering. And it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's starting to, with golf too, Travis, I think like you're starting to see a difference with the way that these guys play out there and the way that mm-hmm. the guys react because the crowds are getting back and you're starting to see, it's feeling a little bit more normal, a little bit more normal. Mm-hmm. I'll be very, you know, I'd be very curious to see how this plays out, you know, over the next year and a half from a major perspective because, you know, Colin Morikawa, who I like this weekend, we'll get into him, but, you know, he he won his first major without crowds. Yep. And you're going to wonder, you know, how will that pressure affect some of these younger guys? Because I mean, golf right now, absolutely loaded, and we got a loaded field this weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a big field. Golf is cruising. Uh, a little surprising last week, Colonial, Jason Kokrak gets his second win to join Stuart Sink, who's got two wins, and then Bryson DeChambeau, uh, who has won here at Memorial, two unlikely names, but we've been treated to some good stuff. Phil Mickelson, of course, gets his sixth major title. And now we roll into here, top five in the FedEx are here. This is a great golf course. The players, you know, love this place. They also like the milkshakes too, by the way. I've been here a couple of times. Milkshakes, <laughs> milkshakes are really, really good, but that's neither here or there. Uh, par 72, Jack tore this place up. Uh, right after John Rom put it out last year, they were waiting with backhoes. Bro, they were doing it. They were when those guys were on the back nine. They were yeah. up the front nine. It was crazy. <laughs> and uh, they had to redo some tees and some other things. Anyway, they put about a hundred yards on it. It's uh, seventy five hundred yards. And uh, and a golf course that when you when you break it down, you've had a mixed bag win here. Of course, Tiger's been dominant here. Uh, Matsuyama won here back in fourteen. John Rom I mentioned in twenty. Can't lay. In 19, we see some guys with some length um, do very well here, but we've seen short hitters do it too. Jason Duffner won back here in 17. Dirk McGirt in 16. David Lingmurth. Hey, my guy, Willie Willie McGirt. I played with him at the the Wyndham Championship Media Day. One of our guys bowed out. So Dirk McGirt had to roll in and he had played a couple holes with us. Just an unlikely tour winner at the Memorial. <laughs> a great dude. Yeah, I was actually there that year with PGA Tour live coverage. Nice. And uh, and and he pulled it out. And then Bryson, you know, you know, we know what he can do uh, now. But he would want it back in eighteen. That was a different Bryson then. He wasn't overpowering the golf course. But now he's back with his distance, looking to get that approach game back, like he did back in two thousand eighteen. So the way we do it here, Will, we go through this. Line by line, all right? So we've got the top-end players, 11,000, 10,000. Uh, we're going to go through those names, tell you who we like, don't like, and then we'll each pick one, go head-to-head, and then we'll do it in the nines, eights, and then we'll have some fun in the sevens, and I'll explain that when we get there, and then we'll give them some value picks um, in the 6,000. But uh, this is a golf course, before we get to the top-end players, you know, you kind of have to have the whole game here. Uh, I think last week you look at Colonial, a golf course that um, you can kind of get by with a marginal short game. Kokrak, I think, was a good play last week because he can get a little clunky with the short game. He wins losing two in strokes gain around the green. You're not going to get – you're probably not going to get by with that this week. These are smaller greens. You've got 
long grass around the greens. Very difficult short game shot. Scrambling percentage goes down here. But the fairways are pretty wide off the tee. So, you know, I think all guys can play here off the tee, generous fairways, but you've got to be sharp in the approach game. And you've got to have some short game here and, of course, and get it done on these bent grass greens. Yeah, you know, I think, I, I mean, I'm not a course history truth or anything like that. I do think course history is very important when I'm when I'm picking what guys I want to play in DraftKings and who I'm betting on. Because at least for me as a golfer, I know that tracks that I've played before, mm-hmm. I play better. I mean, that's just course knowledge. So it's not, it's, course history is kind of misleading. It's guys who understand the course. And I also think there's a, a bit of like designer knowledge that matters to me. Yeah. I play better on Donald Ross courses. That's just, that's what I grew up playing. It's what I'm used to playing. You know, I, the greens, I don't mind the greens and I sort of understand the layouts better. And I think there are also guys who play Jack Nicholas courses better. It, I think that's very important when you look at the Memorial, because as you point out, Travis, with the, with the, around the green stuff, Jack, you know, I mean, people are always like, it's a second shot course. Well, all courses are second shot courses. <laughs> you, 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 know, you have to win on approach. But Jack wants to make sure that if you aren't precise with your irons, if you aren't precise coming into the greens, that there is going to be a demanding challenge for the guy who misses. And he wants to make you pay. And so if you don't have that short game, if you don't have that scrambling ability, you're in deep poo because you're going to be off the green in that long grass that you're talking about. And, you know, 7,500 yards. I mean, this is not Kiowa at the PGA, but this is not a short course. And I, I saw Jack had tweeted out a, a video it was some of the changes that he did. And mm. my favorite part of it was he's like, and on 16, we made the green where it will now accept golf balls. Like, oh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's, that's fun. <laughs> so it's, this is a challenging course. It does require a complete game. Um, and, but I, I will probably be looking towards guys who have a, a good history of playing well on Jack courses. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to getting into that. And, and you mentioned tough course, you know, the back nine is really tough. It has five of the hardest, it has the five hardest holes on the golf course. Uh, the hardest hole is 18, second hardest hole is 16, which is now accepting balls into the par three. <laughs> and then uh, third hardest hole is 10, brutal par four. Um, and then you've got, let's see, the fourth hardest hole is 17, which plays about 480. And then the other par three is the 12th, beautiful hole. That's the fifth hardest hole. So you better make some hay in the front usually. And then when you get to the back nine, you got a few holes there, 11, the par five, 15, the par five, 14, the short par four, which is not easy depending upon the pin. Um, but, you know, you, <laughs> you've got your, uh, you got your work cut out for you uh, when you get to the well, back nine. All right. And, and I, well, I was going to say just real quick, I think Jack likes to do that too, where yeah. he's going to make you, you got to earn it down the stretch, particularly on Sunday on those final holes. You know, you got like, what is it? Copperhead with the, with the snake den or whatever. You know, the yep. Snake, snake pit. He likes he likes a group of holes mm-hmm. that is going to challenge the golfer, particularly the guys in the final group. Yep. All right, here we go. Get right into it. There's uh, Spieth kicking us off. No surprise. I think he's right now, if I had to pick, he's the number one player in the world. I mean, he's certainly playing the most consistent uh, when it comes to the calendar year. He's at 11-3. John Rahm, defending champ, 11,100. When he won here last year, that moved him to the number one player in the world. DeChambeau comes in at 10-9. There's McElroy, 10,600, Colin Morikawa, 10,400, and then JT. Found a little form of the putter last week, has to be encouraged, 10,200. You look at those names, what jumps out to you as maybe one or two guys that you're uh, you're really liking this week? Well, uh, Morikawa is the guy I'm going to go to here. I think he's a perfect fit for a Jack Course guy in – you know, certainly the putter is, can be a problem. It can, it can, you know, he's, I think he's been messing around with the claw grip or whatever, and you don't like to hear guys uh, finagling with their grips. But when I look at this group at the prices at 10, four, first of all, I'm, I'm taking Rom over Spieth. If I'm getting a $200 discount, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, I, I'm just not a Bryson guy. I'm also not a Spieth guy, but that's you know neither here nor there. Uh, Morikawa for me is, is the spot here. I'm, I'm a little ro- worried about Rory's game. He, Play won the Wells Fargo, of course, but a lot of that was with the putter. And then JT, as as generous as he's been lately, with getting Big Mike the check out of his own pocket, which was yeah. awesome. Uh, I don't know that karma is just going to suddenly fix his game. He's clearly working on something. So Morikawa for me is, is the look here on a course I feel like fits his game really well. And obviously he you know has has had some success. If Morikawa putts at all, if I mean he, if he puts, if he puts at all, zero, he's he's top five. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if he's like, oh, gosh, I just happened to go plus 2.5, he wins. Yep. I mean, he's he's so dominant with his ball striking. It is insane. It's Tiger-esque. 
stroke scan approach. Um, and, you know, he just, he loses consistently two, two and a half and finishes in the top 10. Um, man, he's just, he's tough to watch in those short putts, but now he's going back to a place. Wasn't set up like the Memorial, albeit with the work day, but he's putting on those greens. So he has to feel like, okay, I'm going back to a place that I've had some success on. And maybe that wakes up the putter. If it does, I agree with you at 10,400. He is, uh, he's very, uh, popular there at that I didn't didn't realize this until just looking, but last year, so he gained 4.7 strokes uh, on the field putting at the workday. And then probably the next week lost 8.3 at the (laughs) Memorial, which is, how is that even, you know, maybe that's coming off a win and he's just sort of, sort of lost focus or something. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, uh, that was one of the, the the craziest stats of the year last year. Those, those back-to-back weeks. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, he shows up at WGC, goes positive four and wins. I mean, that's what's going to happen. He's, he's that scary, right? When he goes and makes putts, he's going to win. He is that good of a ball striker. Yeah. It it feels Bryson. We know is longer. The approach game is struggling and you can't struggle in the approach game and pay that price at 10,900, which I tend to agree with you. It just feels like in that group, the guy that's due is John Rom. I mean, he is stuck in neutral. He's like, man, I'm married. I got a new baby. Now I just need my damn clubs to wake up and let me get out of neutral. But I think the clubs have been a little bit of the issue to switch to Callaway. I think he's, he's, he's definitely struggling with that a little bit, but it just feels like, doesn't it? Like it's, it's coming, right? There's a big week coming is maybe this is the week. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the, the, I think the club switch is underrated and he, he played well in his first tournament after moving over. But I always think back, I mean, it took Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy, two of the greatest, two Hall of Fame golfers, right? They both switched their clubs at one point with the Nike stuff, and it took them a while to adjust. I mean, you are you're switching your golf clubs. Like you're not gonna yeah. they're different golf clubs. It's going to be a bit of an adjustment. You throw the baby in the mix. I agree. Rom is he is trending in the right direction. Top ten at the PGA. He had that miscut at the Wells Fargo, which was a little odd, but you know, three other uh top ten since uh, since February. And at some point it's gonna pop. And yeah, yeah, no problem with Rom there if you're willing to pay up. I certainly prefer him over Spieth. Yeah, you know, Spieth got it done last week with the putter, uh, positive seven. Irons have cooled off a little last two weeks, but it's good to see him back. Obviously, Spieth is going to be tough anywhere uh, when he's keeping the ball in play and he's got the wedge in the putter with the premium um, in his hand. And he's he's looking to... um, He's, he's looking to win this tournament for the first time. I think this is one that he's got marked for him. Like this is one that I think would mean a lot to them. But if we had to kind of narrow it down here, I agree with you on JT. I think he's still, even though positive step last week, he did finish T40, but the putter was at least above water. Uh, I, I think Morikawa, I tend to agree with you there. It sounds like he's your guy. Morikawa, I'll go ahead. Is that right? Morikawa's going to be yeah, your Collins, boy here. Collins, my guy. I wish, you know, in the outright market, I wish he was, I was hoping he'd be like closer to 20 to one with the field. I think he's 16 to one or 15 to one. I still probably don't mind backing him at that just because I think he's going to pop another one off. This is just sort of when he got rolling last year and would not, would not be surprised at all if he, if he won. Um, but yeah, so Morikawa would be my guy in the tens unless he's, you know, sitting at like 25, 30% ownership. Then I'm, yeah. Yeah, Morikawa sixteen to one right now to win. Rom actually moved into favorite, um, nine to one or something. I think. Yeah, he's uh, just at eleven now. DraftKings Sportsbook, eleven to one. Victor Hovland fifteen. JT fifteen. McElroy sixteen. Morikawa sixteen. Spieth sixteen. Hmm. Well, surprising there. Spieth at sixteen. I thought he'd be right now down closer to twelve, eleven. All right, I'll give you Rom. He's due. He's due. It's time to put four together. What's wrong with John Rob. Rap Soto Mobile Launch Monitor. Improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rap Soto MLM app automatically tracks stats. And stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, 
case is about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Let's move on here. Down to the 9,000. So many good names here. My goodness. Victor Hovland, 9,900. Shoffley, 97. Cantley, 95. He's won here. Matsuyama's won here, 94. Connors could be a good place, 93. Finau, 92. Patrick Reed, 91. Scheffler, people probably, I, I would say with Scheffler, jumping ship a little bit with him um, at 9,000, considering the miscut last week at Colonial. Let's start at the bottom here. All right, well, let's start at the bottom. Give me someone there. Scheffler, Reed, Finau, Connors, any of those? Attractive. Scotty Scheffler is my favorite golfer in the entire world, uh, outside of Phil Mickelson, of course. <laughs> favorite, you know, favorite young golfer like Scotty. Okay. I wear, I only wear rope hats because of Scotty Scheffler, my favorite, okay. favorite golfer out there. He is gonna, he is gonna break through and win something uh, soon. I don't, I have no problem with this with him at this course, but I don't think this is the spot where he, where he comes through and just wins. Um, it, to me, the, you know, the, we talk about the short game and sort of how punishing Jack courses can be. I, I think you'll see a couple slip ups from Scotty, not necessarily a great bent grass putter has not been, you know, he's, he's not putted well at the PGA, miscut the Charles Schwab. His approach game has been off and on. So if and same thing with Connors too, it's like the price, these guys are just creeped up where the price is a little too much relative to the, the, you know, the other names in there. I think Vic Hovland is a great play. He's, he's a guy where you, maybe you start Hovland and Morikawa, or even you start your lineups with Hovland and then you add on Patrick Cantley, who I really like. Cantley was the, the first guy I bet outright 20 to one has a, has, if you, I went back and sorted, I uh, use Fantasy National to do this, but I looked at the last 50 rounds, bent grass, jack courses, Cantlay uh, actually tied with Adam Scott and Matt Kuchar for most strokes gained, and that's over 24 rounds for Cantlay. So it's you know not terribly small of a sample size. It's this guy who is would normally be in that 10K range, I think, but because his recent form hasn't been fantastic, he's a little bit of a discount. So I really like Cantlay uh, as well as Hovland. And I think Patrick Reed and Tony Finau could be sneaky options depending on their own. Nobody likes to play Patrick Reed, right? No, I mean, people hate playing Patrick Reed. <laughs> you get Patrick Reed like 9% owned. And, and, and if it's – look, it's a scrambler's course. I don't think that Jack would love the idea of Patrick Reed playing well in his courses, but he does. And there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it. Uh, Patrick Reed. Well, he finished 10th year last year. You know, I don't know how much you can really take from last year because Jack let the course go. You know, that was a completely different, especially on the weekend. Yeah. You go back to, he didn't play. Patrick Reed didn't play in 19, um, 18. He was T 29, 17 T 57 and then top 10 in 2016. So he's shown it's a typical Patrick Reed lineup right there. I mean, he's, like you look at that and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, like you don't, nothing jumps out at you, right, with Patrick Reed. But yet when he starts sniffing the lead late on a Sunday, we know he can get it done. Yep. Um, Cantley, we know, loves his place. He won it in 19, fourth and 18. He finally got out of that miscut streak, had four in a row, showed some form there as of late. So maybe this could be a get right with Cantley and get things back on the train again because this is certainly – a good spot. I think much like Rom, Shafley feels a little stuck in neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of started with the putter and then it leaked into some other things. And all of a sudden he starts showing some signs and I'm like, all right, Xander is back 14th at the Wells Fargo third at the masters. And he misses the cut at the PGA. I mean, that's like, okay. So where are we at with Xander Shafley coming in here, paying the 9,700 and then, once again, overlooked is Matsuyama. This is a good place for Matsuyama because, look, Absolutely. You've, got have, you've got to have those difficult wedge shots around the green. And Matsuyama is one of the best short game players, like Patrick Reed, in the game. And at 9,400, I could see myself, Will, starting the lineup with Morikawa and going to Matsuyama. Or, I, I like it. Yeah. The, the, the thing about Matsuyama, too, where, you know, look, the man is a, is a well-known fan of sake. 
and he won the Masters, right? First, first, you know, first Japanese winner ever. Yep. I'd be drinking a lot of sake over the yep. next couple of months. And I, I wanted to see how he looked when he came back to action. And I thought he looked really good at, at the Byron. And then again, at the PGA, you know, 39th and, and 23rd, lost 3.3 strokes game putting uh, at the PGA and still finished with the, in the top 25. So the way he's been hitting on approach, if he can, you know, we talk about guys who can putt to zero, you get Colin and Hideki and they both putt to zero. You've got mm-hmm. two guys in the top 10 more than likely. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I I think I agree with that. And as I keep going down this this list here, uh, Finau, who finished eighth here last year, um, and then Connors. I think I'm going to pass on Connors. I, I just, price is too high. It's just, it, I love yeah. Connors. My, yeah. my favorite Canadian golfer, right? <laughs> but the, um, no, I mean, like he just, it, it's just, it's just too expensive. Yeah, he, it is. In a case. Well, and, and, his short game and putting just, you know, kind of dipping now here again, all of a sudden last four weeks, ball striking on point, positive five every week in approach, positive two, three and off the tee, but around the green, a little clunky, a little sloppy as of late with the putter. And it's like, you can't do that at, uh, at Mirrorfield village paying that kind of price. I'm probably going to pass on Connors. Um, you know, Finau, look, it's, it might be the safest bet in the 9,000. I mean, another top 10 last week, he's 9,200. I got to tell you, I think Matsuyama and Finau are probably the two that I'm looking at right now the most, waiting on Shafle, encouraged by Cantlay. That, but I think I'm going to go lower priced in the nine thousand. So I'll give you, I'll give you Matsuyama at ninety four. Okay, uh, Cantlay is probably my one. Uh, I would just throw out too that uh, Victor Hovland. Over the last, and I don't you obviously don't have the master strokes games. I could look it up on on Rick Gaiman's site, but I, I'm not going to do it live. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, over the last three tournaments has gained strokes around the green, which yep. is very interesting because if you know you talk about how you have to be able to do that at, at Muirfield, if he has turned any sort of corner with his short game and chipping. Uh, this this is this a dangerous, dangerous man. Third, yep. third, and thirtieth, and I would guess that because he's sitting at that nine nine range, where people are going to hit the tens and then dip into Finau there, you'll probably get Victor Hovland uh, at, at a at a reasonable uh, ownership rate given his recent form. Yep. No, I think that's I think those are fair points. Uh, Victor Hovland works with um, with Jeff Smith, who's done a really good job with him, and uh, that's kind of my trade more on the instruction side. And in fact, I talked to Jeff about it on the podcast and just some of the things that they've done and you can see the progression and man, we've got two young guns and oh, man. Hovland and, and, uh, and Morikawa who they can just clean up their deficiencies just a little bit, you know, Morikawa with the putter, which becomes, it's a major weakness at times. Yeah. And then of course, Hovland with the chipping, which is a major weakness at times, man, they clean those up. Look out because they are Morikawa probably more than um than hovland but man can they go off the tee and and into the greens with their irons it, it would be uh, an entirely different podcast to talk about it but i i as i mentioned off the top i find it it is so awesome how golf has these young all these young players basically birthed from watching tiger woods dominate for so long and now i mean the, the group of the group of guys who are out there it's it's wild like when these older guys, Phil and Tiger, you know, step away and, and start lighting up the Champions Tour, golf will be in a very good place because of this young crop that has moved in. Yeah, and Scotty Scheffler, you know, he, he's another young one who's eighth at the PGA. We saw him really go last year down the stretch in the FedEx Cup. Missed a cut last week. Uh, Potter really struggled. Um, and that's kind of been, you know, I think for Scheffler to get into that conversation with these two, he's got to become a better approach game player. His driving's very good but he's got to become a better iron player. All right, moving on to the 8,000s. We start with one of my guys. There he is, Sammy Burns at yeah. uh, 8,900. Neiman, 88. Fitzpatrick, 87. Cameron Smith playing great golf at 86. Louie, 85. Shane Lowry playing some solid golf, 84. Charlie Hoffman getting no respect at 8,300, Sun J M 82, Horschel 81, and then Ricky Fowler and Keegan Bradley round us out at the 8,000s. Take me to a name or two that you're looking at. I'm going to go down to the very bottom. No, okay. not Ricky Fowler. Uh, but not Ricky, <laughs> Ricky, I mean, look, I love Ricky. 
I, I want him to win. I want him to get back, but he should not be in the AKs. He's playing like a, a high 6K guy these days. The name that I think is really interesting is Keegan Bradley. And I bet him outright 55 to 1 maybe um, before we started the show. Uh, I mentioned that how I sorted these rounds by, you know, Jack Courses, Bent Greens. Um, Keegan checks in at 44th in terms of stroke get, stro- total strokes gained over those 50 rounds. He's played 40 rounds at Jack Courses. He is ninth in terms of ball striking, third off the tee, 12th tee to green in these same metrics. And no surprise, you know what's killing Keegan in the, in the, when, you, when you sort by the last 50 rounds? His putter, because he's notoriously been a terrible putter. But when you dig into Keegan, one, his best surface putting is bent grass. And then when you look at his last uh, seven tournaments, he's only lost strokes, uh, strokes of the field putting twice. Mm-hmm. And that is a like I sort of wonder if there isn't you mentioned the the, the short game with Victor Hovland like this is something that I, I think Keegan's really been focused on and really been working on and I if he's turned the corner with his putting people won't want to like Keegan but the way that he hits on approach um, and his ability to get off the tee if he's turned any sort of corner with his putting he is going to be a threat and at eight thousand I think it's a really nice price yeah it's been cool to see Bradley playing good again. This is by far the best run of putting that he's been on. Um, He hasn't played great here, but a lot of that, you know, induced from his putter uh, T 68 last year, cut 19. And then uh, he had a T 23 and 18. And then he did have a top 10 in 2016. All right. So, I mean, in in the two weeks in July last year with the workday, the Memorial, he lost 11.9 strips to field putting. That's a problem. Yeah, he's definitely a different putter, right? Coming in, Def- diff- different putter coming in this year, way more confidence. And I would say Cameron Smith is definitely a different player coming in this year than last year. I got to be honest with you, the 8,000s, there's nothing that really jumps out that I love. I mean, Louis playing great golf. It's easy to overlook Louis for some reason. Hoffman has not played well on this course for whatever reason. He's missed his last two cuts. Um, but Charlie Hoffman in the 8,000s, him and Louie are probably playing the best golf. Uh, and then I would say Keegan would have to be close to that right there. And then Horschel as well, who's almost won twice this year, won the match play. But Cameron Smith, to me, has turned the corner um, as a golfer. I mean, he's, he's turned the corner. And his putting is outstanding. His approach game is really improved. He gives up some distance off the tee, but you got big fairways here and he's an excellent short game player. So can Cameron Smith come in and maybe, you know, conquer this course a little bit uh, because he hasn't played that great here. Fitzpatrick has, he finished third here last year. Neiman had a top 10 back in 2018. Uh, But if you want to go back to that, well, guys that have played well here, as you kicked off the show with, I think you'd have to look at the two guys to me that have played the best here in the 8,000s would be Ricky Fowler, who I know is different, but I'll say this to you, Will. I think Ricky Fowler went back to his old sway. I don't think he's working oh. on anything now. Um, I, he, to me, it's PGA where he played better. He looked like he was just up there swinging his old way, which is what he needs to do and just quit playing golf swing and go play golf. And yeah. uh, if that's the case, I think Ricky will start showing some form again, but it feels a little early, but Ricky's played very well here. Three top 14s in the last four years. And then Horschel, I would say is the other guy Horschel T 13 last year, T nine in 2019. I mean, we overlooked the Gator. Or what do you think? Uh, Horschel, Horschel, I bet on as well. I think okay. it's 55 or 60 to one. Um, great course history here, playing really good golf. Got no problem. Uh, with with going to Billy in this spot. And you know, I think that's interesting, Travis, when you talk about Ricky. It, like, if Ricky can just turn his brain off and just sort of quit worrying about wearing orange on Sundays, quit worrying about, you know, the, the, the Corona commercials, just turn it all off, go play some golf, relax and enjoy yourself. And maybe he does turn a corner. And I, again, I hope he gets it back. I don't know that I could, actually, I could, uh, on a Wednesday night, when it gets late and I'm pouring that red wine, I can probably like galaxy brain myself into some Ricky Fowler if he's you know sub five percent uh, used. But I'm I'm probably looking at Horschel and Keegan here. Sung JM's betting market price was was shocking. Fifty five to one feels a little bit long. My concern with Louie in this spot, I believe, wasn't the Arnold Palmer right before the 
masters am i crazy isn't that right yeah api is well it's a couple weeks yeah okay but louis had that thursday morning withdrawal and i had a lot of louis and dk and that that hurt me that hurt mm-hmm. my heart louis and as a result i haven't <laughs> had any louis since then. And I, and I, you know knowing that we got another major on the horizon you just sort of wonder would he wouldn't do it again what do you mean he's playing good golf it was that's my only fear that thursday morning withdrawal ruins your week and somebody yanks out of the tournament yeah. at the last second on thursday morning yeah yeah it, that is that is a very um no excuse positive. me that's was, a very yes that's that statement is correct when they when they withdraw yeah. like that i think with yeah. louis i, I think that the split the, on the, bench. the players then the masters okay yeah so, all right yeah, I mean he's playing really good golf. Second at the PGA, eighth at Valspar. I mean he is he is putting the lights out right yeah. now, hitting the ball good. I don't think he likes these greens so much. The bent split certainly is his worst of the three. Yeah. Um, and these are bent greens. I think a little bit of Poe in it, but I think that's what's held Louis back. I'm probably gonna pass on Louis this year. Um, in this spot, I have a hard time getting on the right spot of Sunjay. I don't think this is, although Sunjay has showed a little bit more signs with his iron game getting back. Um, I'm probably going to pass on him here as well. And I think I'll probably slide past Billy Horschel as well. I think your points on Keegan are well noted, but I think the guy for me here, I'm going to continue to go with two guys that have been very, very good to me. Um, and I've got probably a little money in here just because I've stayed off some of the top guys. I'm probably going to stay with Cameron Smith and look for him to continue his good play coming in. And I think Charlie Hoffman at 8,300, although hasn't played well here. I think Charlie is a completely different player. I think there's three guys in this group, Cameron Smith, Charlie Hoffman, and Keegan Bradley, who are all coming into this event. And they're completely different players this year. Their best version of themselves that they've been in the last two or three years. Uh, agreed completely. And Charlie Hoffman, you know, just finished top five at Charles Schwab. Thanks for that. I had him as a, a top five heading into that tournament. So it was very nice. Mm-hmm. Has not missed a cut since the waste management back in uh, February and has, I believe, four top tens in that stretch. And the thing about Charlie Hoffman and Keegan Bradley, where you can really take advantage as a, I think as a daily fantasy player is that both of these guys have they're they're veterans of the tour and so they have these you know sort of uh there's a bias built in about these guys like ah charlie hoffman can't win like keegan bradley you know he won that major but he's not going to win these guys can win and they've cleaned up their games and i think if i were picking a group of guys who are breaking out this season in terms of maybe taking a step uh and moving up the you know into a different tier of golfer uh it would be max homo Corey connors Charlie Hoffman and Keegan Bradley. I think those four guys have just made, just been playing at a different level than what we expected from them this year. Yep, absolutely. And you know, and, and to be honest with you, as I look at the eight thousands, just kind of putting a bow on it. it I mean, I'll probably, you know, I'm going to do multiple lineups, but and those are the guys that I'll I'll sprinkle in. But I like, I'll probably I'll be playing way more in the sevens. You know, mm-hmm. I I think there's more guys here that I feel more confident about as we start getting down in the sevens. And I know some of my audience is going, well, what about Sam Burns, Travis? Because I've been touting Sam Burns train, Will, for a long time. I mean, I was like, I tell, here comes Sam Burns, folks, well before he wins. This kid's going to win. He's going to win often because he wins in the approach game and he wins in putting. And that lines up um, when it I comes to – I included him as the fifth guy in that breakout list. because Sam. And in yeah. fact, I honestly think, Travis, if he hadn't you – know, that loss of the Genesis – Mm-hmm. He had this hiccup right after that for a couple of tournaments. I yep. think just sort of had a mental had to sort of. It, I think it hurt him. I think it. Yeah. I think it hurt him bad to to lose when he had that fifty four hole lead, and he had to sort of go back and hit the reset button, and then he came right back out of, and found a way to win. And you're right. Once you get that first win, like this dude's going to win tournaments. Oh yeah, he's going to win. Yeah, he's he he's that good. I think the next step for him now is probably to show he needs to improve on bent grass. I think that's he, he's a wonderful Bermuda putter. Yep. I mean. The guy can really go on Bermuda. Let's see him show some growth on Ben. I'll probably pass on him just for that standpoint um, here at Memorial. All right, so we move on here now to the seven. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook. 
and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TRAVIS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code Travis for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Where there's some names that I feel very comfortable with. Now, what we do here on the matchup, Will, in the sevens, is I'm going to start up top and I'm just going to start going down here with the price and you're going to stop me, okay, when there's a name that, um, that you like. All right, here we go. So we start at the 7,900 Adam Scott. I'm intrigued. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right out of the gate. I'm here right. he comes. I'm going to like, immediately <laughs> stop you to say Adam Scott. Um, he has not played. He's been very up and down in terms of his his recent form. So, you know, gained over seven strokes uh, on approach at the at the Honda. It was okay at the Masters. Missed cut of the PGA. Um, but he is a notoriously very good Jack course player. So mm-hmm. I'm at least looking that direction. Second here in 2019. I'm trying to remember. Did he even? Pl- I don't think he played here in 2020. Um, the recent form is gives me a little spooks me a little bit, but I, I at least have you know eyebrow raised or eyes emoji on Adam Scott. Yeah, and what Adam Scott's the kind of guy that he's proven. You know, he can come out and just okay, I'm you know get things going again. He's he's he certainly played this course many many times. And oh, by the way, he finished second here back in 2019. So. Uh, not too far of a stretch there. He is right now drafting sports book as I open it up here late on a Monday, 85 to one mm. um, right now. So that's pretty tasty. Uh, Ricky Fowler mentioned earlier, 75 to one. Sunjai's 70. Give me Adam Scott at 85 over Ricky yeah. Fowler. 75. Sam Burns is 60. Cameron Smith, 55. Charlie Hoffman, 55. Keegan, 50. So those are some of the names that we were mentioning earlier. That's what the odds are now. They change, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, continuing on, 79, Gary Woodland, who, well, went back to Butch, and I don't know. Woodland has shown some signs at the last couple weeks. We'll move on. Leishman, 7,800. Loves this place. Yep. Leash Leash is a – and if you you look at last year's leaderboard, there's a lot of international flair. So – no problem with, you know, you could go with the Leishman Camp Smith pairing. Don't let those guys get paired up uh, on the weekend. They'll, <laughs> that's right. They'll go low. They'll go low. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bubba, 78. I'm, I'll sign up for Bubba. I'm signing okay. up for Bubba at 78. Okay. So last 24 rounds coming in. Strokes game. Hottest players in the game. Who's Who, who do you think the, the top two names are? Jordan Spieth, Bubba Watson. I would not have guessed Bubba Watson. Yeah, Jordan Spieth and Bubba Watson. Strokes game. Last 24 rounds coming in. Bubba is playing some golf, and I'm here for it, folks. He has found a hot putter, and now he goes to Memorial. You got these big, wide fairways. Let's go. Let's yeah. go, Bubba. Let's keep it going. I, I I like a top 10 out of Bubba, just like we got back in 2017. There's Jason Day, 7,700. Emiliano Grito, 77. Played good last week. He's not breaking my heart on these greens. No chance. <laughs> Sorry. I love Grito. Yeah. I can't do it there. Yeah, I'm going to pass, too. Uh, Christian Bezedenhut. We've seen his name flash a little bit here as of late. He was, perhaps his name was introduced about this time last year, T22 last year. Yeah. Played pretty well. Uh, good, good Jack history too for Bez. I, I never get, I never ended up on him, but nothing wrong with playing him here. I don't think. Yeah. You know, Bez, he's a great golf swing. I really enjoy his, his splits bent his second best Bermuda 
is his best. I think the one thing with Bezedenhut right now, um, when you look at his game, uh, you know, he kind of, he's a guy, he's kind of like, um, his name, my name, his name is dropping the guy that's won the putting stats the last two years. Uh, anyway, I'll think of it. He's that kind of guy. He wins with his putter. You know, he's, he's a positive four, five, six guy with his putter. He's a good around the green player. His approach game is, is subpar. Right. And off the tee, he's certainly going to lose strokes there as well. So he's going to come in here, reasonable ball striking week, solid putting week. Zedden Hutt, I could see, could compete here. Tringali hasn't played here since 2016. Are we done with the Tringali train or what do we think? Oh, I, I'm never off Cameron Tringali. Okay. I love, yeah, I mean, I, I will say, look, and by the way, on Bez, the other thing too, you know, he gained 3.2 strokes on approach last year at the Memorial. That's what you need to get from him. You need to get two and a half plus on approach. And yeah. if he does that, he's going to compete. He's going to be in that top 20 uh, range. With, with Tringali, oh, he's lost strokes three straight off the tee. That is extremely concerning. And his iron, his approach game has not been up to where we sort of expect you want to see you know the three strokes plus he's had 2.3 lost a you know a fraction of a stroke at the pga sub uh, yeah i might be off tringali here I don't, yeah. I don't i don't the approach is concerning if he's not striping it into these greens uh, you know he's he's probably not going to win big with his putter although he has putted fairly well the last few weeks all right we'll move on strillman I'll stop oh. us there. 75. You got to play Strillman right now. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm in on Strillman for this one. Yeah. He's playing well. 20th at the Charles Schwab, eighth at the PGA. Strillman um, is hitting the ball really well right now off the tee and his irons and his putter is always, you know, tracking just above probably average short game always tracks just under average, but ball striking. He's on a heater right now. Fourth and 19 here. He's played well. I, I, I think Strillman, will be certainly in a lot of my lineups. There's Max Homa at 75. Stuart Sink, 75. I can't, I can't play Stuart Sink. I just can't ever, I can't ever do it. I feel bad. Like he's a great guy, but he ruined the Tom Watson British Open and he's stolen money from me. And there's two wins he's got these last few years. You know, Mickelson and Sink are just playing on house money right now. Crazy, man. It's just like, you know what? We've got all the money in the world. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my son on my bag. Yeah. Why not? Mickelson's like, I'm going to put my glasses on. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna drink coffee all day. Like I'm just gonna start messing with people. I think I'm gonna try that coffee diet. By the way, I'm gonna I'm trying to lose like ten pounds before my 40th birthday. <laughs> okay. I think I'm gonna do a six day coffee clinic. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. Maybe I'll follow you. My wife, my wife was like, I'm not I'm not living with you while you do that. <laughs> Sounds like hell on earth. No way, pal. <laughs> but well, you know, we joke about it. But it's like I, that's why I said with Sink. You know, these are. I mean, Stuart Sink won the Open Championship for crying out loud. And we know Mickelson's one of the best players to ever play. And yep. They, they start playing they, when they just there's free will in it. Like, I mean, you just when you can free will it and be like, yeah, I can miss four cuts in a row and it's not that big of a deal. Do you Where, see that, uh, that graphic they threw up as Phil's about to win at, at, at Kiowa? It's like the oldest major winners is like old Tom Morris. He's like 46 years old. He looked like he was 97. <laughs> <laughs> and if Phil's out here, like, limb as can be, pounding coffee, jumping all over the place. It's wild, man. <laughs> there's Kuchar, 74. He's played uh, well here. Cooch, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the last 50 rounds, and he's got 50 rounds that qualify for this, uh, tied for first, strokes gained uh, at all, all jack courses, no weakness whatsoever, even you know 31st off the tee. I will – Kuchar has been kind of coming around, and I don't think anybody wants to get in on him, so I will – very likely have some Matt Kuchar in this tournament. Yeah, I, I agree with all that right there. I, I think so far for me, Bubba, Strillman, and Kuchar are, are the three names that I really like here in the 7,000. Charles Schwartzel, or no, wait a minute, Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace is a name to look for. for 7,400. Sure. T4 last year, stayed in the United States, been playing some very good golf. Charles Schwartzel playing very good golf, 7,400. He's missed the cut here the last two times he's played, mm. but different guy. Yep. Different guy. No question about it. Um, coming in. Schwartz has been good to me this year. I've been on him most of the time. I'm going to take a little deeper dive with Schwartz. I'm not ready to commit at 74, but I'd like to, to look a little bit closer. He did finish 11th and 16. Siwoo Kim, 7,300. 
Uh, Pete Dye specialist. Is he a Jack Nicholas specialist? He's better on bent than a lot of other surfaces, but he's lost on approach the last two tournaments. And really, I, you know, since that Masters putter thing, I mean, you know, it made, you know, made the cut at the RBC, finished 33rd, 55th at the Byron, lost strokes on approach, lost strokes off the tee, and then misses the cut at the PGA and loses strokes on approach. I I I, don't, I sort of wonder if that whole master thing didn't kind of get in his head a little bit. I love Siwoo. Think I hit him outright earlier this year. Uh, I will probably pass here. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go down that path with you. How about this name? Patton Gazire, seventy three hundred. You want to talk about maybe completely underrated at this point? Yeah. How does, how does third at the Byron and third at the Schwab sound last two times out? Just playing great golf right now. Um, really since that miscut, you know, he had ninth at the Valera earlier this year, uh, two, only two miscuts dating back to geez, Louise, like, uh, all the way back to September of 20 of 2020. That's for that price to get him. And you feel like you're there, you know, of course you missed the cut at the RBC. Um, but he's gaining 12 strokes gained on approach his last two tournaments, putting really well. Yeah. Okay. Around the greens. I could, I could get into some Kazire feels like I don't want to say Pat and Kazire feels safe, but maybe, maybe. Yeah. He, you know, he's that Bermuda guy. Um, yeah. You know, went to Auburn. You, you see a lot of that. These sec players yeah. very good on Bermuda greens. And then you get into the bent the splits are a little bit different. Uh, I, I can I think I need to look at Kazire. Not great track record here. Henley. 7,200 has played. Okay. Here Glover. Has really had a pretty darn good year. Uh, Seventy-two plays here every year. Nothing special though. Although I think I, I think Lucas Glover, as we've talked about in the past, um, is rounding into is at least moving towards when he won the U.S. Open, that kind of form. Versus I think there for two or three years, Lucas Glover was pretty irrelevant. Um, yeah, for sure uh, with his play. But I like where he's going. I'll probably pass here though. Brennan Todd. 7,200. We saw him on TV a little bit last week, finished 22nd last year. Can I sell you on Todd? Uh, I, I'm not a huge Brendan Todd guy, but <laughs> I, I, no, probably not. Okay. Uh, he'll, probably, he'll probably end up top 25 and I won't have any of them. That's, it's just, he, there is a little bit of safety there though. Like he's going to putt well. He's not going to have a blow up hole. You don't think, but he doesn't feel like he has a ton of win equity. So here's the most interesting name, perhaps, in the board. Doug Gim, mm. 7,200. Ball striking machine. Good, really good ball striker, right? Went to Texas. Um, can't putt to the ocean. <laughs> and But yeah. in particular on Bermuda. The guy is absolutely awful on Bermuda. I mean, maybe the worst putter on the PGA Tour on Bermuda. But bent reasonable i think doug gim's interesting i really do first time he's ever played here i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna play doug gim and i'll probably sprinkle a little bit to win too just as a wow spicy uh doug gim i feel like i never get right he is it's an upside upside play like i, I don't i don't mind it you know i i think two missed cuts in his last three he's been kind of chalky lately um finished top 15 at charles schwab so I, I don't think a ton of people will be on him. You're right. He's an awful putter. I I will probably convince myself some Doug Gim <laughs> on Wednesday night. But I think your point, you're like, I want to take a deeper dive on this guy, this guy. That's what the 7Ks are about. I mean, yeah. this, you know, this is where you're going to win, you know, these tournaments is by taking deep dives on these guys and figuring out who can pop here. Let's have a putting week, Doug Gim, on bent grass this week. <laughs> Good luck 110 to 1, DraftKings Sportsbook to win. Um, Bubba Watson's 100 to 1. Kucher mm. 100 to 1. Wallace 85. Adam Scott. Well, we mentioned that. 85. Cameron Davis, Taylor Gooch. We're getting to those names now. Uh, as we work down. Matt Jones, 71. Cam's a been specialist and has actually been putting pretty well. His, his around the game green is just, his around the green game is just terrible. I, and I'm, a, I'm a big Cam Davis fan. Yeah. I'm worried if he's not hyping his irons and they've been hit or miss uh, really the last six weeks, then he could be in trouble. Uh, I feel like we're losing patience with Cameron Davis. Yeah, we are. Um, 
you know, kind of has that modern game look, someone to look at coming into the season. I think he's under-delivered to some degree um, as we missed a few names. Matt Jones, easy to skip over him. He's only won this year. Um, Got a T20 back in 16. Sebastian Munoz played terrific golf last week, but very inconsistent is Munoz. Very. Um, Boy, can he he go back-to-back weeks? Uh, Finished, let's see, Munoz played last year, finished T48. Then you got two names, Varner. Oh, Lord, get out. Yeah, Munoz gained 10.2 strokes game putting last week. Out. Hard out this week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a... Wow. Yeah. See, that's why you do the deep dive, folks, right there. Varner, Harold Varner's a local guy for me. And I, I love HV3. Um, not a fantastic putter at all. Certainly a, a specialist on approach, just an absolute ball striker. Uh, when it comes to that, a little erratic. I know that he was geared up for the Wells Fargo. He treated the Wells Fargo, you know, as a local North Carolina guy, like his Super Bowl. You know, it was, it was like a fifth major for him. Right. This is the cut there. Has bounced back nicely. Bounced back okay. Made the cut. PGA and Charles Schwab. I think you know, he just had a kid too, right before the Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, as a father of, you know, I've got a child who's seven. But I mean, you know, I know that you know you're not getting a lot of sleep. Like the people talk about the baby bounce. I mean, like I, I think when you have that first kid, you are, you know, golf is obviously your job, but it becomes a little bit secondary. You know, you, you don't, you don't get the paternity leave from the PGA tour that you really probably need like two or three weeks off to kind of, you know, uh, you know, acclimate to life. So I will probably pass on Varner, although um, certainly if he gets hot with those irons or pots at all, he can, he can get, he can, you know, contend. Yeah. Taylor Gooch has been good to me. I've, I've played him appropriately this year. I'll probably pass KH Lee 7,000 Davis 7,000. I'll pass. You know, Aaron Wise, 7,000, we know can go with the ball striking. Putter, he hasn't played well here. He's missed the cut both the times he's played. I think Charles Howell's interesting at 7,000. Um, has made the cut here a number of times. And can he maybe look to move that? Because we're getting to that range now, 7,000, as we get into the, the sixes. Now we need to make the cut. Yeah. And we need a top 30, right? And we, and we, that's kind of what we're looking for. Can, can Charles Howell give that to you? I think he can. He's been playing some good. Charles Howell is like 15th all time in PGA history in terms of earnings. It's something, there's some yeah. crazy stat. He just, the guy just is a cash cow. They're not a very good uh, bent grass, uh, bent greens putter. And right. Has lost strokes on approach in four straight, including uh, 4.7 on approach uh, at the Byron mm. Nelson. That's a little concerning. Mm. Yeah, that's that is concerning. <laughs> yeah. Carlos Ortiz at seven thousand made the cut last year, missed it nineteen. Mm. You know, I so I think in the sevens, you know, where where my na- where where my eyes are going, and, and certainly a couple more to look at. I, I like Doug Gim. I, I'm willing to, I'm I'm willing to roll the dice with Gim. First time here, his ball striking on bent grass. Um, I definitely will be playing some. Some uh, some Kuchar. I'll definitely be playing some Streelman. I'll definitely be playing some some Bubba, and I think I'll probably I'll probably convince myself of Lucas Glover like I always do. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at Matt Wallace, Matt Kuchar, Kevin Streelman. We're all bundled very closely as I scroll through this app as as sort of the guys uh, in that range that I'll be targeting. I think Leishman and, and Bubba and Adam Scott up at the top. Uh, of the the price point are also worth looking at. Yeah, some of the stats that I have, we'll look at Fantasy National, and you know I've got you know strokes gain approach. You always got to weigh out so heavy, and yeah, you know you you gotta you certainly got to win um, around the greens a little bit and 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 putting. But I always like to look at opportunities gained. You know how many you know who's getting the looks consistently. Um, I think that one seventy five, maybe one fifty to one seventy five, one seventy five to two hundred is a range, um, the bigger par fours, 450 to 500, you know, those are some of the key metrics, um, that are kind of driving some of my decisions as people like to know with some of the key metrics that you're looking at. And it's always interesting then to look at last 24 rounds, you know, which is not everything or last 12 rounds coming in, you know, who are on the heaters because we know golf can be like that. It's hard to play great golf all the time. So who are the ones showing form and who are the ones that's always a difficult is you go over the last 50 rounds and you see those bigger names pop up, 
that are, you know, your the guys that, you know, are going to come back around. Like we saw Cantlay last week, right? They're going to come back around. They're just too good. And so it's always, you're always trying to balance that out, you know, as far as. When you want to be early, then, you want to be early on those guys, you know, like, you, yeah, want, right. you know, we, I think it was uh, maybe Pat Mayo I listened to. And um, I, he's like, you know, if it's like, if you go with the Brooks Cantlay uh, lineups at the PGA, you're going to be on an Island. And, and he was right. And like, that's, if you'd gone with Brooks Cantlay and then, you know, maybe you need to get some fill, but you could have, you know, that's being able to get ahead of the curve in terms of getting on those top tier golfers who are maybe struggling a little bit as they turn the corner. That's the key here. You know, mm-hmm. like you want to be on, you don't want to be on Cantley after he's won and every, and he's 20%. You want to be on him when he's 6%, 7%, 8%. Um, I'm curious, do you think that we'll see, I'm trying to remember last year when Rom won at nine under, he shot, I mean, Sunday must have, the wind must have been blowing. Oh, uh, it was brutal. 30 miles. Yeah. These scores on Sunday. I mean, Rom shot a 75 and won oh. by three strokes. And they were letting the course go, remember? It was just. Yeah, that's right. So do it, you, it was do you one of the hardest we, conditions ever. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that we see something closer to 2019 when Cantley Cantley won at 19 under, Adam Scott 17, and you know guys in the um, you know tons of guys 10 10 under or better? Or do you think it's somewhere closer to to nine? I haven't looked at weather in full. full. Yeah, I haven't looked at the, the weather completely, and that'll drive that, of course, the wind. But it feels. You know, it feels in the 16 range. Okay. So something in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it feels like in the 16 range. We're not going to see what we saw last year by any stretch at the end. They let it go. I mean, it was burning out. The backos were ready to come in and start. I mean, the greens were like dead. <laughs> they're, digging, they're carving up the first fairway. It's like Rob's, Rob's holding a trophy. <laughs> that's not Jack what it was like. Jack, Jack couldn't stop himself. He's like, yeah, we got to ready next year. Um, early, early weather look. And yeah, obviously I'm not a, you know, not a meteorologist, but I, I leave my bad picks for football, but, um, looks like the weather, maybe some rain on Thursday, uh, but nothing above n- 10 miles an hour over the whole course of the weekend, uh, right now you know, yeah. change, of course. But if that's the case and yeah, I think we'll see something closer to 16. Yeah. 16. I mean, you go a little softer and then, then you go softer. Then you're going to go 18, 19, you know, now you're you're going to start pushing on that 20 number closer. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that's important too, when you look at a tournament like this, you know, you go back to, um, you know, 2020 and you see Matthew Fitzpatrick's name up there and you're thinking, man, could this guy make some noise? You know, Matt Wallace, we mentioned, I mentioned the international guys. Um, you know, some of these guys, you know, Fitzpatrick shot a 68 on Sunday and he's a win player, right? Matt yeah. Wallace, the win player. And so if you're not dealing with as much wind and you're getting softer conditions, uh, maybe it's more conducive for scoring for a guy like a Tony Finau or, um, you know, a, a Patrick Reed or, a, a, you know, a John Rahm. So, you know, not that those guys can't play in the wind, but, right. you know, if there's not bad weather popping up over the weekend, you might not see as many of those sort of windy names pop up. Yeah. Yep. No, that's a fair point. All right. Six thousands. Got to give them each a couple names now to think about in the sixes. I'll, you go first. Give me a name. Man, I'm looking through this, and I, I want to stop myself from saying Harry Higgs, but I'll never stop myself from saying no, I, Actually, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think Higgs is a great player. I love Harry Higgs. He, he's one of my favorite golfers out there right now. I actually think that there is a case, and there's a little bit of um, course history here, but and, and maybe I'm – I'm probably going to get burnt. I, I know I'll get burnt by this eventually. Uh, but uh, Benny on uh, yep. finished in a, he was in the playoff, I believe with Bryson, Bryson. Kyle Stanley yep. in 2018 and Benny a terrible putter acknowledged a terrible putter admit openly admits a terrible putter uh, has been shaky in his form recently but you know, he's been really good around the greens over his last six events, positive strokes gained. Um, maybe, you know, with a little bit of course history, maybe he puts better here. The strokes gained on a, his approach is, is a little concerning, but I thought he sort of found something uh, at the Charles Schwab. Didn't, didn't you know, finish 50th. So nothing, nothing crazy, but if he's starting to flip it around a little bit after a really rough stretch, yeah, he's a guy who can, because of his upside is so huge at that price tag, it's probably miscut or top 10. Yeah. But I'm willing to take that chance, especially if he's he's going to be you know sub five percent. Okay, how about uh, how, how can we not go with Kyle Stanley? Oh yes, that's the other name. Good call. Oh, Sixty one hundred. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, 6,100. He was a late ad. He was um, a late ad. I think Zalatoris withdrew and yep. Stanley got a sponsor's exemption, maybe. Yeah. And that's why he's priced that way on DraftKings. That's I would I would venture a guess that he will be extremely popular. Yeah, time. I mean, he's gonna be, yeah, he's gonna be well played for sure. I mean, he finished second in 18, sixth in 2017. 6,100 played very well last week. Yep. Um, Iron Game has been absolutely through the roof. I'll tell you another name there at 61. I think it was late also was Russell Knox. Yep. Um, I played Russell last week. I actually had him on the podcast last week at Columbus. Nice. And um, right, had a good chat with him. You're from Russell Knox to Will Brinson. What a, that's, that's rough. Yeah, well, it's five days a week here on the Stripe Show. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. You had my man uh, Gup on too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Gup's been man. on a couple times. Yeah, that's my dude. And this this show's been... We've, we've, we've been, we've been doing okay here, um, on this show. We didn't have a good PGA week. That kind of, that kind of hurt. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, Russell, we were talking, you know, he's, he's trending, you know, I was a little surprised, missed the cut by one last week, um, T27 in 2019. And just, I mean, just looking at the 6,100s, I mean, you got Stanley and Knox. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's, I mean, you, you start, I mean, I, I'm not usually a bottom up lineup builder. But if you start a lineup with Kyle Stanley and Russell Knox, you're you can do whatever the hell you want. You know, right. like you're you can you're building out. You got launch to add. I mean, to add dudes up in that top range. And you're right. I mean, really been just outstanding with the irons. Has gained strokes on approach in eight straight events. Not necessarily a great putter, but can kind of turn it on and get hot. And has course history here. If he drives, you know, like you say, open fairway should be fine there. Um, yeah, I yeah, I absolutely play some Russell Knox. Who who, who else you got there? You got another name in the six thousands that you could? We can't. This do. is the pick. This is the pick. This is the one that wins it all right here. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, Matthew Neesmith was my my guy. Okay. Who, no, 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 no. I'm taking him here. So he was my guy. Like you always got to know those guys. Yeah. I think. Oh boy. Um, we can't do McGirt, right? That's that's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's gonna he's gonna be like top five, and I'm gonna be kicking myself if I don't play him. Uh, Peter Malnati has been playing well, but eh, no, actually, he's not been playing well the last couple of weeks, man. He's no, been, Malnati's been he, yeah, he, he had a little he hot good run there. I guess he had that tenth at the Farmers, and then sort of has fallen off of a cliff. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll be looking at. I mean, it's Benny on. Uh, Kyle Stanley and, and Russell Knox for me. I need to look at. I, need, I would. I'll probably take a little look at uh, at Brandon Steele and Camille Villegas has actually been playing really yeah. well. I, I am, I'm sort of off the cuff here. I don't. I have not looked at their performance. It you know at these Jack courses or here. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes top ten last year, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that that'd be a name I would look at. And uh, Wyndham Clark has been playing some pretty good golf. I, I again, I have not looked at. All of their course history. Wendell Clark not great on Jack courses, but I mean, certainly those are guys. You know, I think too, if you're if you're willing to take a risk with some of these guys in that six thousand range, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're, they're not going to be chalky. It's just no. not, they're not going to be, you know, highly highly rostered. And, no, no. Well, uh, except for Kyle Stanley, maybe Kyle Stanley might. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny McCarthy was the guy I was trying to think of the putter. Oh yeah, Danny McCarthy. That that's the player. Yeah. So. In my model here, we'll finish up with this. Um, you know, you've got, uh, as I was talking about strokes gain, you know, highly weighted out in approach, and then just under that, putting and around the green, and then under that, off the tee, par four, 450 to 500. Opportunities gained, fairways gained. In the 6,000s, just the hottest players, right? Last 12 coming in, let's say. Troy Merritt's one in the hmm. 6,000s. Um, Kyle Stanley's two. Tyler McCumber's three. CT Pon is four. Luke List five. Russell Knox six. Martin Laird, Richie Rinsky, Michael Thompson, who I was on last week, and oh, yeah, Alexander yeah, North. So those those are some names. And then Thompson, Joel Damon. Thompson exploded on Friday. I know it. Like bad. I know it. It really just pissed me off too like, like me at a muni explosion just a, an ugly ugly round from from my process. this is good will like we've given people something to think about here um you know in, in some ways like we've put a lot of research into this already but then as you go through it and you're making notes and you're like okay i want to look at that a little bit closer and of course i don't put the final lineups together until um wednesday Same. but the weather looks good 
soft conditions, um, man, great field. The cool thing about this course is you can get some first time winners here. You can get some, some, I don't want to say no names, but yeah. no names. And then you can get, you know, the big guys too, and then they can win here. So I, this is a, it's a championship. It's a, it's a big time golf course that can kind of fall a number of different ways. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how they set it up. It certainly won't be like it was last year, but Jack's got, I think a little more length to work with this year and they made some other changes. So it'll be fun to see how the course looks this year after the changes that they made right a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would tell people to go check out that flyover on Jack's, you know, just a flyover of various holes that they changed. I, I think, so, I, I don't remember this is purely anecdotal, so don't stick with it. But somebody was saying that maybe um, the the changes in the in the way that they moved the tee boxes and the way that Jack uh, changed up some of the the sight lines off the tee mm. is sort of designed to allow shorter hitters, um, maybe give give bombers less of an advantage. Okay. So, and again, this is gonna be a tough week because yeah. this is, of course, we have a ton of history on, particularly since the restart. But as you point out, it's a brand new course. You know, they completely redesigned it, and so you. I think it'll. I think it'll look gorgeous on TV. I think yeah. Jack's probably a little embarrassed by you know, what happened. It was just, just the course is all burnt out and, and looking rough last year. Um, the photo, early photo I saw, it looks absolutely pure out there. I, I'm excited for the tournament and yep. uh, go Kyle Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if Doug Gim or Kyle Stanley wins, this might be the last show we ever do because i'll probably be taking like a month off i'm out <laughs> hey will brenson thank you so much go uh, follow him on twitter at will brenson we'll do it again man this is fun i know football's coming around so i'll try to get you before uh september hey anytime let's do it okay bye right, buddy thanks again let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at encore golf encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero, X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.